Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to episode 10 of the Bashmania podcast. Today, my friend, bash client, and two-time world champion and Olympic gold medalist, Helen Maroulis, stops by. Helen always has so much to offer, and it's so great to catch up with her, post some stuff she's gone through, and ahead of the 2020 Olympics. Before we get into the show, though, make sure to press subscribe. Whether you're listening on Anchor, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening, give this podcast a quick follow and thumbs up. And now, to get into today's show. It's Bashomania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashomania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Helen Maroulis, how are you? I'm good. How about yourself? I'm good in the overall scheme of things. It's, it's funny how every time we talk, our conversations just, they're filled with so much like, I don't know if it's value or depth or what it is, but we were almost just going there before we got on, got on the air. I'm like, all right, let's start recording. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's always good. good stuff. <laughs> so I feel like most people listening to this podcast, especially wrestling fans, know who you are. For the few that don't, you're a two-time world champion, Olympic gold medalist, arguably the best in the sport. And I, I kind of want to give a little bit of a backstory, and then we'll talk about more recent events. But going back to, I don't want to go too far back, but let's say going back to 2012 Olympics, you you were really getting into the the steam of things, and you had momentum. You lose the wrestle off by one point, and you go uh, to <laughs> you so <laughs> starting on a, starting on a positive note. But no, but that's interesting because where I'm going with that is you lose by a point. Your dreams are shattered, and instead of like running away, which I would have done. You go as Kelsey's the girl you lost to. You go as her. You go with her as her training partner to the Olympics. What went into the mindset to say, even though I'm devastated from this loss, I'm going to go as her training partner to help her? Like, how do you fight through that? So I actually wrote a, a paper in college, a creative writing paper about that whole experience. And when I read it back, um, I found it like a year ago. I'm like, dang, that was amazing writing that. <laughs> but I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I thought like this at the time. Um, right. So, you know, what's interesting about that is, uh, yeah, I remember I was, I, I lost and um, they wanted that year to bring the alternates, uh, the number twos as the training partners, just in case something happened to the number ones and they got hurt, which at the time, you know, I'm like, this is such a stupid idea. Like, she doesn't want me. I don't want to be here. I didn't even want to do it. I oh, so it wasn't your choice. They they just sent the number one no, and twos to train I mean, together. 
I mean, it's still, I still had a choice. I could have said Correct. no, but you know, it wasn't like, I mean, trust me, it wasn't like I offered. So, which is terrible to say now, <laughs> but I'm just being completely honest. In 2012, I was, was bitter and angry and, and wrestling was my life. And I, um, yeah, I just, uh, didn't know what I know now, of course. But, um, so no, I, I didn't want to go as a training partner. And I remember Terry sat down with me and, uh, and, uh, it's actually when I, when I was overseas that whole summer, I think I didn't take a single, do a single takedown the entire summer. I mean, I was in the room three times a day and it was, she wants to drill her offense. And so I'm just there again, taken down day after day and for hours at a time. So I'm like, I'm tired. I'm bitter. I'm depressed. <laughs> right. I'm, you know, and then I'm not even doing my sport either, really. I'm just right. I'm really just a dummy. I'm like, this sucks. And uh, Coach Conti was on the trip that year, and he sees me. The, the day of opening ceremonies was kind of one of the hardest for me because I think I'd hoped deep down, like, you know, I was messed up as to say, like, well, what if, you know, if anything happens, at least I'm at least I'm ready, at least I'm here. You know, like, there's still, it almost was, for me, I, I'm always a hopeful person, and I and I always, like, you know, want to focus on a silver lining. So it's like, well, maybe God, like there will be this moment for me to still compete. Right. And, um, and when opening ceremonies happen and I just kind of realized like, no, Helen, like this, like is not, you're not the hero in this story. You're not competing. You lost the spot. The better wrestlers representing USA as they should. And you need to, you know, just do your job and prepare them. Um, it was such a hard day for me. And I remember coach Conti came up, sat me down and he goes, uh, you know, you know who Dave Schultz is and, you know, do you know he lost to Kenny Monday in the um, finals of the Olympic trials, even though he was the returning world champion and was expected to to win the Olympics. And, um, you know, in this interview right after, they, you know, they asked him about how he's doing. And he said, well, if I can't win gold, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that the next person does. And wow. he said, I want you to know, Helen, that um, we know you're a great wrestler and we know you're going to go on to do great things in wrestling. And this is just, was just one little setback. But, uh, but we're also going to remember the, um, you know, we're not just going to remember how you were as the champion. We're going to remember how you were as the number two as well. And, and what, uh, that you want to be the kind of training partner that you would like, because like, cause in four years, if you're on the Olympic team, like be the kind of training partner you would want someone to be for you. Right. And I bawled and bawled and bawled and I knocked on our <laughs> door and I apologize. I'm like, I know I've been kind of rough around the edges and I'm here for you, whatever you need. And so that it was a really, really good life lesson for me. And I'm just being honest because I, yeah. Did you know at that That's time, good. like, uh, obviously, spoiler alert for anybody who doesn't know, <laughs> at the next Olympic Games, you won gold, defeating an absolute legend. So, like, God brought that to fruition. But in the moment, it's yeah. always so hard to see when God's doing something while you're in it. You, there's, there's little things, like, you can hold on to hope, and there's so many times that, and we were kind of just getting this getting to this before we started the podcast, but it's like there, there's so yeah. many things you can see God doing. You're like, okay, this is spiritual warfare. I know God's going to use this, but I don't really know how. Did you have that mindset oh. then? Or was it just like, I'm never going to win? Like, what was the mindset from a standpoint of, because it wasn't like, this is 2012, and then you yeah. don't win in 13 or 14, and then you win 15, a little bit of a confidence boost, and then... I know based on our conversations that going into 16, that the whole mindset was, am I enough to do this? So from yeah. 2012, was that the mindset that like, I'm going through this cause I'm going to win or was there still like a lot of doubt? I think in 2012, especially after I lost, I mean, I was like, I'm retiring. I'm done. And you know, I'm so angry at the sport and I'm angry at you, God. And, uh, 
And I think at the Olympics too was kind of this um this this period where I really experienced God's uh, love and His peace and His grace, and um and it was starting to show me like your love, regardless of your performance, you're loved, you know, and, and you're going to love life regardless of what happens in wrestling. And I think somewhere I attached this belief that because I have this talent, this gifting and this desire to win and to do this, that if I don't, there will be this void in my heart forever. And there was a coach that had, you know, I mean, again, during that summer of training, it was just rough and people saw it, they knew I was hurting. And, um, you know, coach came up to me and he said, yeah, I took second at the trials and, you know, such and such year. And he goes, um, and I'm like, man, how did you get over it? Because this hurts. And he goes, I haven't gotten over it. And it was like, wow. you know, decades. And I'm like, just thinking to myself, this, this sucks. And then um, I actually, uh, I think one of the biggest hidden blessings is when I came back from the Olympics, um, Terry said, you know, where they have the non-Olympic worlds. And so it was maybe a month or two later. And he said, well, you should really wrestle in the trials for it. And I was like, Terry, I don't want to do this. Like, I, I told you, I don't like wrestling. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> I don't like wrestling, else, right. You know? <laughs> and, uh, and I mean, every day I just cried in practice and I cried and I cried. And and I realized, like, I wasn't upset that I didn't like wrestling. I was actually upset that I still cared about wrestling so much that I couldn't be free from it. That it was still this idol that that I, I'm like, man, I want to enjoy this, but I, I don't feel free from it. And um and I remember I did the trials and made the team. And then, you know, a week later, we went to Canada for the world championships and Yoshida's in the weight and this tough girl and this girl and this girl. And I'm like, whatever, I don't care. Like, I'm just here because the Yoshida went? I made them. Yeah, she went. Did right she after, wrestle in the Olympics? The... Yeah, she wrestled in the Olympics and she went to go break her record with um, Corellin. Corellin. Wow. Was it Corellin? Yeah. And, um, yeah, right? So... Every time we wrestle in the finals, man, she's trying, she's trying to make history. <laughs> yeah. So, me too. I was trying to look for my first world title. So right. it's always been good matchups with us. But um, I remember the night before, I, I was like, yeah, I don't care about this. I'm just going to wrestle whatever, free from fear, because I don't care. And I showered the night before, and I just got on my hands and knees, and I started bawling. And I was like, God, why do I still care about this? Like, why, why can't, like, this isn't fun, this much pressure. Like, I don't know how to, you know, get rid of it. And, um... And I just remember her, I just remember hearing like fear none but God. And I'm like, okay, so it wasn't this, I got rid of my fear. It was like, I'm just like, what, whatever, I'm just going to go out there and I, I don't fear anyone but God. And I would just keep saying that to myself over and over. And like, I went my, you know, first match, then my quarters, then my semis. And, and, uh, and then I'm in the finals with Yoshida. And I remember just thinking like, oh, this is pretty amazing. I finally have a world medal. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I remember just thinking that mantra and as I wrestled her, when I got off the mat, I felt kind of silly because I was like, yeah, my motto today was fear none but God, but I lost. But, um, and I think it was such a cool, like, growing moment and, and stepping stone for me um, because four years later, I really didn't, like, I didn't fear anyone. And, uh, and I think God had me on this process. And really, when I committed for 2016, it was not from the standpoint of, oh, because I'm supposed to win or because I think I will. I literally told God, I sat down with him and I said, listen, you've given me way too much in this sport for me to, for me to be okay with, if I lose because someone was better or like whatever, I made a mistake, like that's one thing, but I can't accept not being the best based on how much I've been given. Right. Um, as far as I believe like talent wise and the right people in my life. And, and I'm like, for me, I feel like I, 
I know that I am capable of winning. I don't know whether I will or not because I don't know if my mindset's tough enough, but I know that if I, if I get that down, I do know that I have the tools to win. And so I was like, God, you wouldn't give this to me for a reason. And also, if you wanted to give me this perfect mindset, you would have done that too. So you didn't for whatever reason. So you have to walk <laughs> with me through this, please. And, um, and I told him I did it my way for 2012 and it didn't work. So I was like, I'm going to do it your way. And I'm going to lay down everything and whatever you ask of me, I will do it. And, um, and it's not because I want you to give me the victory. I was like, I, when this is done, I want to be able for me to say, I did everything you asked and I can go in peace and I'll trust you that I'll never have regret about it. That was my goal. And and it's so, such a wild, like yeah. knowing your whole story and like some of the things we won't get into, but like knowing your entire yeah. story, it, it's right. funny because you're one of the best wrestlers in the world and the mindset and approach is constantly almost like an underdog mentality. And it, it's yeah. never just like, I don't want to say there's definitely confidence, but I think there's that submissiveness to God to not have ego to think like, no, I'm going to win this. Of course. Like there's always all of your story comes with such submission to God's will. And it's funny that in that he's blessed you so much. And one of my favorite things that my buddy Dan always says is God sends his denials for our request for silver wrapped in gold. And with you, oh. he literally did that. He literally did that. Whoa. Like he you you were I don't want to say you were content with a silver, but you were you were blessed by a by a world medal. And little yeah. did you know that God said, just wait. Like in 2015 you're gonna win gold. In 16, you're going to be the first woman to ever win a, 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 a gold medal in freestyle wrestling for America. And then you're going to win again in 2017. But you didn't know that yeah. going into it. Like, what what was your thought process in... So you, you go and get a silver at the World Championships in 2012, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. a bronze in 14. What What is your mindset as there's that constant struggle? Like, you know you're good enough to be gold. How do you keep going after you have that? Is it like an itch where it's like, okay, am I not good enough to get gold? Or is it like a, not a pride thing, but is there like, okay, I'm so close. I have to keep going. Like, what's the mindset after trying for gold for so long and, and not having it yet? Like, your mindset, and let's say like, early 2015 yeah I guess I would say one thing that popped up into my head right now is like I think obedience comes best when it comes from love and um and that's kind of been like my walk with God when I've done stuff just to do it because he said it sometimes it can get a little murky it's still better to be obedient but maybe my heart wasn't in the right place as much as when I'm going to God and receiving his love and loving him and then the obedience, which naturally stems from that, like, I think that's what sustains you. And so for me, what I think about with wrestling is like, I still had, like, I still have a love for it, you know? And in 2015, it was never about, um, I got to do this until I get gold. It was like, I'm just going to keep doing this because I love it. And, um, right. and I love, I love figuring my goal, like my dream was like, and this is kind of just how I am in life. It's like, God, if you gave me a passion for it, I got to see it through. And I, I just want to figure it out. I want to, I want to understand it. I want to know what, what is this like? What does it all entail? What is it? Like, I want to know what it's like to be a gold medalist. I know what it's like to fail. 
And I know what right. it's like to be second. And I know what it's like to be third. I know what it's like to go one and done. And I know, you know, so yeah. I, I know all these things. It wasn't a like, oh, I have to be first. It was like, man, if I've figured everything else out, I really do <laughs> just want to know what this is like. <laughs> and, um, and, and I think with that, you kind of realize, well, some, maybe some things have to, have to change, right? So you're doing stuff, you keep ending up with silver and bronze. And so it's like, all right, well, something, you know, you keep doing the same thing, you're going to get the same results. So I think just, just do some little changes and really just allowing, giving myself permission. Like, you know what, I'm like, I'm really going to go all or nothing for this. Like, I think, and the biggest thing for me, I think the reason I got gold with that, and one thing that God told me was, you can get to the same destination with a different route. And Helen, you keep trying to be like these male athletes and be super tough-minded and like really stoic. And like, I made you, you, and I need you to feel like that's enough because if you're thinking that the gold medal is going to give you the confidence, it's not. Like, you need to feel enough now, and that will produce the gold medal. And um, and so when I really accepted myself and I didn't feel like I needed to be different in the sport. Um, I think that's where I, I got uh, my best results. And, um, and yeah, and for, so. So, and know, then you won, <laughs> so, so you won gold in 2015. And then I'm obsessed with your story in 2016 because so many people look at somebody like you or Jordan Burroughs or somebody who's the pinnacle of success in the sport. And they only associate your highs. They only see mm-hmm. the crying winning on a podium, and they don't see the crying backstage. They don't see the crying, like, knocking on someone's door saying, sorry, I'll help you. Like, they don't see that. And I love, like, in, in 2015, you win gold. Fast forward to early August, just before the Olympics, you, you still have, you, not still, but you have anxiety again, thinking... You're not sufficient. You know what you're going up against. What what caused that? If you're coming from a place of, I'm a, I'm a world champion. I'm the reigning world champion, and now I'm going for Olympic gold. But there was still that like, what I would would say is more of a spiritual warfare. What, what caused that? And how did you produce that mindset of? Christ is in me. I'm enough. I can do this. Like it, it, it's cool to see that low and high because I feel like most people don't see that. They just say, especially like in wrestling. Okay, she's a 2015 world champion. She's likely to be the Olympic champion. They don't see that roller coaster of the mindset and the strength it takes from a mental standpoint to say, what does this take to do? So, what kind of caused that low, and then how did you get to that high that led to you winning the gold? Oh, that's such a good question. You know what's interesting um, is that when I won the 2016 Olympics, in that moment, it wasn't a surprise to me, but I was very surprised that, I was so surprised that people would come up to me, like, really convicted, like, yeah, I knew you were going to win. Or they're like, Helen, you were going to win no matter what. Like, years ago we knew you were going to win and and before you had this thing coming to your life or before you got this before you took this trip before you won this medal like yeah we just we knew you were gonna you were always like we just always knew you were gonna win and i'm like what like we're talking about the same person like how (laughs) how did you guys know and how come i didn't know uh because for me it's funny winning uh winning the world championships at 55 kilos i remember being on the podium 
and this is like for me I, I'm not saying this is the right mindset I don't think it is um, I'm just I've, I was so hard on myself and I had such blinders for the Olympics that I just didn't want to slip up at all and I just remember thinking like Helen be realistic about this like you went a non-Olympic weight the year before the Olympics all of the competitors are going down at the Olympic weight to qualify and to you know to win that and um, and all the girls you're going to wrestle next year are, are down at 53 and so I didn't really even give myself permission to take in that that world championship at, at 55 and um and I just remember thinking like standing on the podium getting to hear the the national anthem I was like this moment I want you to like remember this moment yeah and chase this and when you're on the treadmill hear that again um but again it wasn't this huge confidence thing and and uh you know the whole olympic year like you said highs and lows and spiritual warfare and I really didn't even know if I was going to make weight. I remember I was like, all right, God, like I didn't even make a decision about what weight I was going to go. I said, if I break this number the week before, then I'll go down. And, uh, and then I was like, you know, I broke it by like 0.1 that week. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm going down. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) and even to make weight, I mean, I was on such a strict diet for over a year and, and all these things. and, And I just didn't, uh, you know, and then after I made the team, I had to go overseas three days later to Mongolia, qualify, I definitely didn't think I could make weight again. My body started shutting down and we're in Mongolia. I'm like, this is not the like the place to be for this. <laughs> right. And, um, again, like I literally by the grace of God. And after that, uh, my body just rejected the whole process. And like I shot up like 30 pounds and my body just held on to it wow. the whole summer. I mean, the whole summer I was working with doctors, I was getting blood work. They're like, yeah, you know, you're anemic, you're this, you're that, all these levels. And I'm like eating super clean, healthy. I'm, trying to go on, you know, extra workouts, extra walks. Okay, no, maybe that's too much. Let me just rest. And uh, I remember they're like, well, you have to do this first thing in the morning and then wait 30 minutes and then eat your meal and then do this. And then, but like, be relaxed because when you relax, you'll lose weight. And um, for me, the biggest battle was I thought that I was going to miss weight at the Olympics. And to me, that was my biggest fear because I'm like, not only will I have failed myself in my country, but then like I take the opportunity away from a different girl who would have made weight, like, and yeah. would have been able to represent. So that was like, that was so scary to me to think like, I mean, really the week before I was, you know, the doctors would be like, all right, if, if by, you know, tomorrow, if your numbers at like, if your weight's at this number, you're, you can definitely make the weight and it wouldn't be there and it wouldn't be there. And uh, so then I just, I gave it to God and I said, you know what, God, I think I'm going to be the biggest failure at the Olympics, but uh, at least I want to do it in peace and love and obedience to you. So I'm going to wake up every morning. I'm going to give you the first hour of my day. And that way, like the first hour I, I know will be filled with like peace and love and joy and just contentment. And I'm going to stay with you. And, um, and that hour just set the tone for the rest of my days. And it was like, so it's transformative and it stopped being about wrestling and performance and whether this number will be this. And it was like, you know, what? I'm just going to trust God and keep going day after day. I'm just going to show up, trust God and keep going. And literally like the week before, I think I dropped seven kilos, just like, pretty naturally like I didn't do any extra workouts That's I was really on the mat it just like weight flew off and you know God gets the glory <laughs> it, it's fascinating too that like there's there's so many little things that if time was no issue I'd pull out so many little things that you're <laughs> saying like even the fact that it's funny you know wrestling the wrestling community is brutal and I think they don't oh. realize <laughs> that wrestlers are already thinking what you're saying to themselves. Like there's so many people right now that are like, well, you know, okay, Jaden's really good, but he's at a non-Olympic weight. Like 
there's all this negativity. Yeah. Like, listen, Jaden's great, but you don't think he has those thoughts of self doubt? Like, well, I'm in a non Olympic weight. I, should I go to 86 or 97? Like, we everybody, wrestlers, spectators, whoever has those those feelings. It, it's so interesting to hear that. Like, you have those same things. Well, okay, whatever. Everybody good that is at 53. I'm at 55. Like, yeah, that challenge and that consistency to be. It's, it's like. To, to yeah. be consistently faithful thing. in the small things is, is is what's leading to those big things. It's so interesting. Yeah. And I guess I would say, like, I think where, um, you know, I, sometimes I think where we struggle the most can be our biggest area of breakthrough and blessing. And so for me, it's interesting that mindset and confidence have just been they were my crutch my whole life. And then it got to this point where it's like, Oh, Helen's not losing for 67 matches straight. And, uh, I didn't really change a lot of things. I, I, I more just, um, you know, kind of learned, uh, more about myself. And so I've seen it on, on everyone. I've seen anxiety on every single wrestler's face before. I'm like, you know, I've seen it on the high school kid and it's really easy when you're the underdog and then you start winning. And then I see where that, where that change happens in their face where I'm like, Oh, now you realize what it's like to have the target <laughs> on your back. That's a different yeah. kind of stuff in this buddy life. And you see, you see, and that's why a lot of us kind of almost like maybe like the cycle of life, but you, you go through these, these processes. And so I like speaking to athletes about that a lot because sometimes it's just a natural process you have to go through. Like it's great if you could just show up and the second you start winning, you never lose ever again. Um, but I think for a lot of us, I think almost everyone has had that kind of, that dip or that, you know, that, that's just that rough loss. And I think the beauty in it is that you'll always find the athlete comes back stronger. Um, and at least we definitely always have the ability to come back stronger. Obviously it's, it's up to us how we handle that. But, um, I think, yeah, just continuing to show up, like I was really convinced that like, uh, for how like low performing, I feel like my mind is that if I'm doing this while I'm wrestling with this low performing mind, then I got to stick around because, my mind's eventually going to get better little by little. So <laughs> right. it might take 10 more losses than it would take the other person, but I'm going to get there. And, uh, and that's what I felt like happened. And that's what I see. Um, like for all, you know, Jaden might be like, I mean, I love Jaden actually. So I do know him. I'm like, I actually probably think he, I don't think he's fearful at all. I think he's really confident and self-assured. And, and I'm like, man, I would, I would love to have that mindset. But right. It's, it's, totally. It's, it's, you know, mine's different. And so, um, I think it's cool that young athletes, I think it's good for them to hear from, from everyone. And, uh, the reason why I want to be true to, to what mine works is that, um, you know, there, there might be some of those athletes that say, yeah, I have those same struggles. So I just want them to know that, that you can do it too. But then you might talk to Jakar Winchester or Adeline Gray or Tamara, who just won this past weekend, and they could have a completely different mindset. And you might, you know, as an athlete, you, part of it is just growing and developing and, taking your responsibility for your stuff. So you you should be able to discern like, eh, I like Helen, but she's a little too emotional for me. You know what? <laughs> like right. Adeline Gray, like I like her mindset. I think I resonate more with that. And then cool. Or you have something that works for yourself. And I think that's the beauty of sport. My big thing is like, I didn't grow up hearing enough different stories. So I only thought there was one way. And I just, I just want kids to know like, that's not true. Like right. you are enough and you are made, you know, fearfully and wonderfully made. 
and, and you're unique. Everybody's unique. Every athlete, like yeah. I've been so blessed to have so many great conversations with so many high level athletes, especially wrestlers, which is why I launched this podcast because there's so many good conversations that I want to bring to the forefront. And it, it's true. Everybody's unique and everybody's different and everybody's story. God uses everybody to to teach things to others. And, and your story, it, it's so wild because it's like, just that is a story in and of itself. Like just that 2012 to 2017 is fascinating. But now if we go on to more recent events, hmm. so you, you win gold 2015, 2016, hmm. 2017. Now things again have that kind of roller coaster. And now you have, mm-hmm. you're in India and you get a concussion in what, early 2018, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then that kind of knocks you out of c- competition for a little bit. You come back for the, the 2018 World Championships and you lose round one, which nobody mm-hmm. saw coming. Like, that's like, wait, what? Like, this is a three time world champion. Yeah. What? What goes through your mind when that happens? Is it like instantly you're you're aware of something? Like talk me through that. So twenty eighteen was such it was that year, it was that wilderness year that I'm like I needed this, I didn't want it, but I needed it. And um and I know it's gonna make me stronger. All I knew was I'm gonna come out stronger this uh even though i was really broken for most of the year um but yeah i had two two brain injuries each took like four or five months to recover and then i got out then i was um i had six weeks to prepare for the world six to six to seven weeks six weeks by the way to 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 prepare to compete against the best in the world (laughs) yeah and and i remember thinking you know, I was talking to doctors and I was flying all over the U.S. and I was getting all these opinions and I had, you know, trained out of all the symptoms from concussion. I was healed. My brain was sharp. I was performing. Um, and I just remember thinking my family was going to Greece and I was like, I really think I should just go on vacation with them and take this year off. But if I don't, then I'm not going to be on national team this year. I won't get choice for tournaments the following year. I don't get to go to the world championships. I don't have a stipend. And I, and I kind of just, partially allowed those things to affect me and also it was just so ingrained in me that I remember like no I should go on vacation and I'm like no because I'm going to go on vacation and I'm going to feel better a week in and I'm going to feel guilty that I didn't try and compete and I'm going to feel guilty like man you're the champ and you you laid around in bed all year and you didn't even you know you, you were healthy if I wasn't healthy I would have taken the vacation but because I was healthy it, it like and it's funny man some of God's tests because I should have listened and taken the year off and I decided to compete. And when I went to the world championships, I just realized, I remember I went to the weigh-in line and um, there was a lot of other stuff that happened that year. There was trauma that I had to work through. There was a lot of psychological stuff, a lot of emotional stuff, a lot of hard stuff that I couldn't even, couldn't even talk about. And, uh, and I was just pretending on the outside to have this armor up this, I am, you know, Helen Marillis, the wrestler. And inside I was like this broken little girl. And I was like, no, you know, if my body's physically fit in the best shape of my life, you know, had new coaches, great training, everything was ready. My weight 
easiest weight cut it's ever been, strongest workouts I've ever had. And um, and I got to the weighing line and I was like, oh crap. Like these girls have been preparing to uh, to win worlds all year, and I've been I've been trying to heal from a trauma. And I'm like my 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 preparation was literally just. It, it was, I just realized like, oh crap. And I still believe, again, I always believe the best. I'm like, that's eh, okay, God. Like you're, you know, this is your redeeming story and I'm going to win. And then I'm going to get to share how like these experiences didn't break me and right. you know, stronger. And, uh, and so I go out on my first match and um, the girl takes me down and then I get a push out. And in that push out, I just felt something snap in my shoulder and I'm like, well, that's no good. <laughs> and I go to reach and sh- uh, shoot a double and she hips into me on that shoulder and I just, it was so painful, I couldn't move. And so I get pinned, and I come off the mat, and I'm like, it was just the most freeing feeling. I think it was the most freeing really? feeling to be like, oh, like, like I, when I said wins and losses don't define me, I really meant that. But the second that I really believed that in my heart, I didn't lose. I didn't lose for three years straight. And so it's like, I didn't want to lose to have to find out that, that I meant it. But in that moment when I lost, I was like, oh, sweet. No, I really, oh, yeah, like, I'm good. And, uh. And it wasn't in a like, oh, she's, you know, now that she's won three, she's just complacent. Like, trust me, no, like I wanted, like I wanted to win the world and I still want to be world and Olympic champion. But it was just like, it was that freedom that I think I wanted since, since 2012 and I had it, but I had it with all the winning. And so to have lost and to just felt like, I know people are probably like, wow, that must be so embarrassing the Olympic champ lost. But I'm like, but people only know that side of the story. They don't right. know like, wow that must be so freeing that this girl got to get back on the mat. That must be so freeing that this girl got back here. Like what a blessing that she had the opportunity to postpone the wrestle off and to, to win and make the team and to, to come out here. And 2018 was was so special to me because I didn't take anything for granted. Um, and I realized like, wow, this being on a team and, and taking the bus over and then the venue and the warm up and the like getting to see your foreign competitors and your friends and talk to them and, that whole experience, like I'll never take that for granted. And it almost felt like I, you know, sometimes you don't, uh, you don't realize it while you're in it, but I got to realize it while I was in it. And, um, and then I thought I was being a baby about my shoulder and, uh, turns out that I tore everything in my shoulder in that match. Um, so I immediately had to fly home and get surgery on my, my labrum, my rotator cuff, my bicep tendon. Um, so I ripped it off the bone Wow. and, uh, yeah. So, so, and I thought everyone knew that I'm like, I don't use the shoulder as an excuse. I mean, I definitely couldn't bridge on that side, but, <laughs> but I, def- I, and you know, I remember thinking like I could have wrestled with one arm, just that match. I would have pulled out the other matches, but I was like, I definitely at least could have won that match. I just was wrestling. I just didn't, I, I couldn't when the, they blew the whistle and I went to reach, I couldn't extend my arm and it, and it made me panic. So I just decided to shoot a double. Like I was like, if I keep my elbows into my side and just penetrate, which, <laughs> Yeah, that did not work. <laughs> so, so anyway, so it, and and my takeaway from that and what I journaled is like, it almost felt like finally there was something on the outside physically to reflect what I felt inside, and it felt like wow, you have to confront this now, and uh, and when you're in a sling and you know you can't do these things, you can't lift your arm, you can't pick a suitcase up, you can't like you you have to monitor every little thing, and it felt like it was like that's how you have to be on the inside like start yeah start monitoring these things and heal like you have permission to heal emotionally take the time to do it and uh and it's easy because we all want to heal emotionally but 
to actually like really take the time and, and but and few that. right um, few actually want to take one step back to move six steps forward very few people yeah, want to do that, that. It, it's hard it, it's the ultimate ego sacrifice to take one step backward we all just freak out and i want to go back to something you said because i've been fixating upon it ever since you said it everybody thinks not everybody but so many people think yeah. If I just have that, I'll be good. And I feel like so many people want success because they feel like if I just have that, I'll be good. I'll have what I wanted. And this whole story you just told me is such a testament to the fact that that's not true. Here you're a three-time world and Olympic champion, and still you have a mindset of, hey, I'm a little broken inside. Like, I'm not okay. I need to get better. And it has nothing mm -hmm. to do with three World Olympic Championships. Number one, that didn't heal any pain. Number one, that didn't prevent any pain. It's just a part of the journey. In your story, you won multiple World Olympic Championships. That doesn't change who you are at its core. That doesn't take away that things aren't going to happen to you after that. There's this misconception yeah. that if I just have this success, whatever your pinnacle is, if I just reach this, if I just get that promotion, if I just get married, if I just do this, everything will be mm -hmm. good. And then as soon as people are hit with adversity, they're blindsided because they're like, I didn't think this was going to happen. I reached my target. And so for yeah. you, your ability to persevere through that and recognize that and be self-aware, that's so important. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't that why you set out this year in 2019, knowing you're not going to make that yeah. same mistake twice? Yeah, I remember when I got the shoulder surgery and they were just debating if they were going to move the trials uh, a few weeks back, not because of me or anything. I just heard the committee was talking about it. I started crying to my mom and I'm like, man, I either want the trials to be so far down where it's a complete yes, I'll be healed by then. Or I want it to be where it's a complete no. I'm like, I can't do this where it's like kind of in the middle where if everything goes right with your rehab and you know, you're going to push it, you won't fully be ready, but you'll be clear to compete. I'm like, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't, I just don't yeah. feel like it's, I'm like, I just, I, I honestly, I feel like it's deja vu and I'm about to repeat the same mistake again. And I prayed about it and I consulted, you know, um, my, my mentor, uh, my Canadian teammate and, um, and she really walked me through it and she's like, well, you know, I made a promise to God that I would not return to the mat until I was 100% healed mentally, physically, and emotionally. And, uh, and I know when I wrestle my best, like, I don't need to be, you know, when I say physically, I'm not saying like not ever have like a sore muscle or something, but not this where you're coming back and, well, if you hit your head again, like this could be long-term damage or you know, you, you come back too soon and a lot of athletes will get injuries after a concussion because the, they didn't, um, your, your uh, brain didn't have enough time to uh, rematch stuff, which is really common, which is what they think might have happened with my shoulder. Yeah. And uh, so I would just remember, you know, it, that one felt like spiritual warfare. I remember getting phone calls, like I just had to kind of, you know, not accept some phone calls. I was like, hey, listen, after May 18th, we can talk. And I was like, I'm not even going to get on the mat because I know if I get on the mat more than once a week, I will, I'll try and compete. And, um, and so I just had to like, almost for two weeks before I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not, I'm not doing any training so that it's not possible. It's not a possibility, which sounds so 
counter like an athlete mindset and athlete right. mindset is like I'm gonna do whatever it takes and it's like you know what uh, we all have our own journeys and I've had those moments where I've had to push through it so I know that I'm tough and I know that I can do that um, but I don't want to also know that I'm stupid if I keep doing it when I feel like I shouldn't so um, I'm thankful for the ability to discern and yeah and I think what I learned is like I take 100% responsibility for my decisions but they need to be my decisions and yeah. uh, and I consult people but you know, in the past, like going 53 or 58, I, I've, you know, heard everything in the book. You should go 58, you should go 53, you should go this and that. And at the end of the day, it just, I just remember towards the end, it was like, I want to go it for this reason. And if it doesn't work out, I take responsibility, but I will regret if I listen to someone when I didn't feel in my heart, it was right for me. Because then if it doesn't work out, then I'm bitter at that person or I'm right. mad at myself that I didn't listen to myself, you know? And um, with this, I'm like, I can give up 2019 for 2020. Like, I believe and I and I trust God. And to be honest, I know it was the right answer because I ended up, when I did come back on the mat, I ended up um, tweaking my shoulder quite a few times where it was like, thank goodness we weren't going 100% live or that could have been, you know, bad. And they said, if you re-tear it, it's, you know, there goes like your 2020 season. So I'm really thankful that I, that I gave it that time and I needed that time to heal in every way, shape and form. So I know I'm going to come back stronger than ever. What and that's where I was just going to go with that is what's your mindset heading in now where you're you're the reigning Olympic champ you're we're getting ready here for you know I mean the opens in two and a half months what's your mindset getting ready for 2020 how how is this all factored in and and what's your mindset going into it you know um after 2016, or I'll just share this, this story so you just get an idea of like really what how sport is for me. Um, otherwise, it might not make a lot of sense. But after my um, semifinals match at the 2016 Olympics, I went to the back and I had the massage therapist rubbing my arms out. And I just laid there and I'm like, man, like, I know I'm going to win the Olympics. And he goes, yeah, I know. I've been telling you. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't, you don't <laughs> get it. Like, I know, but I know what it means. And I said, I don't know if I'm ready for the responsibility. Like all of a sudden, this thing that I wanted my whole life, it wasn't about me. What I wanted, it was like, I just got to see it in a different light. And, um, and then after the Olympics, you know, um, I really struggled with like confidence and how to be responsible steward of my platform and without, you know, being inauthentic. And, and I just remember telling God, like, I don't know what to do. And he told me um, to walk away. He said, walk away from wrestling. And, um, and I was like, well, why? And he goes, because I need you to know who Helen is outside of wrestling so that when 2020 comes, you're more than just Helen the wrestler, that you know, all your eggs are not in one basket. Yeah. So I walked away. And then, uh, and then in, you know, seven months later, I did a tournament in Ukraine and uh, I took third. And I was like, okay, I know I'm supposed to be back. And I'm like, God, I think you're calling me back to wrestling. And he said, yeah, but it's not about you this time. And, um, so for me, again, a lot of stuff comes out of love and obedience. Not saying that I'm perfect. <laughs> Definitely not. I've failed many things. Uh, Just the, to clarify to here. But, <laughs> yes, <laughs> me. <laughs> Lots of grace and mercy for me. Thank God. Um, you and me but both. When I, when I, yeah. So when I came back, I'm like, I think um, like when we hear from God like that or when we know you, a lot of times you are going to walk by faith and not by sight. And so... I don't, I have no idea what 2020 looks like the same way I had no idea what real looks like. Like 
I believe I'm going to win the 2020 Olympics. But as of right now, it's what I believe and what I see are two different things. Um, not saying that I don't believe in or don't see my ability, but with injuries and with with stuff still going on, um, like I don't know if I'm wrestling in December nationals. I don't know when when I'm getting back on the mat. I don't. I'm like you know what, God. At this point, if it's not till like February, March, I still trust you. Like I'm just, I just gotta let go of control. And um, and I think the only way that I would have learned that lesson is if it was something that was so detrimental to my health, such as like brain injuries. So. Right shoulder stuff or something else I've been like whatever God, I'm doing my own thing but it's just it's like I don't you know I I remember um just a few weeks ago I had some doctors like hey we're gonna you know we're not gonna talk to you about retirement we're gonna wait three months and we're gonna like you know see check out some stuff and in three months we can revisit it and I just remember kind of this panic like wait like no, no, God gave me a promise. I thought I'm supposed to make it to 2020. And like the doctor's telling <laughs> me like, we might have to talk about retirement in three months. And it was just. That's got to be a sheer like panic. Like, like my heart rate would just yeah. skyrocket. <laughs> yeah. And, and all of a sudden I got this piece like, no, no, like I have God. Like it doesn't matter what happens. Like I have God. I have, I have, I know the Olympics isn't going to give me what God can give me. Like I know that. I know that I know that I know that I have like the best joy and blessing is that I get relationship with God every day and I'm going to live in that space and, um, and I'm going to trust him. Like it might not make sense to come together until the last minute, but that's kind of how it was in 2016. And I always know that like, you know, what is it? The bigger the breakthrough just leads to a bigger battle. That's what 2020 has felt like. Like it's just been like, an overwhelming battle. Uh, but I believe if we persevere, the breakthrough's there and, and the blessing is going to come. It just might not come in what we think it's supposed to be. So I would love for it to be Olympic gold. Uh, I would love to get the opportunity to represent my country again, to step on the mat. Um, but I also would love, you know, I would love to put my health first. So we're just. Right. And the the beautiful thing too, about trusting in God is that I've seen firsthand the number of failures I've had and the amount of losses I've had that have led to me being in a place where God could bless something else because of that failure or loss. And it sucks going Mm -hmm. through it. It sucks every time and it doesn't get easier. But it is such a blessing when all of a sudden you let, let's just say something something happens and you don't wrestle and you're devastated but when you're married with kids god uses this for the greater good it's like oh okay i see what you did there it's so easy then yeah. but in the process when while you're being refined in the fire you don't know you're just judging based on the shortcom you're you're judging based yeah. on a, an immediate result like that's a tough place to be in because God sees the whole picture. We just see one thing. We just see the open, the Olympic trials, yeah. the Olympics. We don't see what God's going to do in Helen's life on November 3rd, 2022. And and, and yeah. that's a healthy thing. <laughs> Not have a baby. Not yet. <laughs> but, okay. November 3rd, 2022. <laughs> Like okay, we, if you call that now, I'm actually gonna laugh. But like, we no, don't see no, those it, things. It, it forces yeah. you to, to. It forces you to say every day, just like you did. God, I'm gonna give you an hour today. That's all I know. I don't know yeah. what to do in a month, two months, three months. But I know today, giving you precedence in my life is the right thing to do. Yeah, and you know, I kind of want to add on some stuff because I think. I mean, I talked about God, but now I'm like, 
the way that I've gone to walk with him uh, through these trials, I'm like, oh, I'm like more in love with him than I've ever been. And then I, I'm more just like super uh, hungry to just, to just share because I think sometimes we get this idea of like, well, if it doesn't happen, like, you know, at least you have God. It's like, no, like God is, God is everything where you live from a space of I have everything that I need. And that's when those, you know, material blessings come. And, um, and I think, uh, like, for some people, and I can say this, look, like, you might, you might want my life, you might want two world titles and Olympic title and, and, and all these things. But, but when you have an injury, or when you have that, that down period, when you're in bed every day, and you get up, and you have nothing to post on Instagram, you have no uh, accolade to show you can't even have phone conversations with people because it's too draining on your brain. Like you, you got to know that you have God in that moment and he will fill you up as much then as he does when, when it's you getting your hand raised on the platform. And, um, and that, that I just, man, like that, like I will chase being filled up by God for the rest of my life because that's better than anything that I've ever accomplished. I remember reading an article Mike Michael Phelps put out saying the most depressed he's ever been was after he won the Olympics. Because you feel that I have nothing to share, I have nothing to post, I'm not doing this. Like, what's the next accolade? Like, and and success. I've seen it on a very small scale compared to what somebody like you has accomplished. But I have seen it with like we'll we'll say, hey, today we launched Helen Rulis's new website. Today we launched this, and then a week later, it's like okay, what have you done for me lately? Which is what wrestling is. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, and it's, you know, after 2016, same thing that happened with Phelps happened with me. I mean, I'd post some depression really bad and I didn't think I was going to because I was like, no, I believe in God and I didn't even need the victory. I was just, you know, I was just wrestling for God. And so how did it still happen? And, and part of it's even like a physiological thing, like you stop training and you just, you're like, there's all these um, components to it. And you're like, you know, I remember um, my ex-coach would say, like, you know, to win an Olympic gold medal, you kind of have to be crazy. He's like, you're a very small percentage of the population, and you pretty much have to be crazy to do it. And he's like, which you are, so it works. And I'm like, great. Well, my crazy looks really cool when I win a gold medal, and it doesn't fit for like these other areas of my life. Like, what do I, what do I do? Like, give me, give me some big task to accomplish, or just give me something that I can perform in. And um, and uh, I'm like so thankful that. God kind of showed me, um, you know, like, no, 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 like, let's, like, let's be still and, and know that yeah. I'm God kind of verse. And um, it's been, I, you know, I, I remember you said something about, like, oh, well, you don't know how God's going to use this. And I know that it's like, I tell people that, and I think we tell people that because we do know how God's going to use it. And that it's, he always, he works all things together for the good of those who love him. He's such a good father. He's always going to work things together for good. But when we say that to people, it almost sounds like, oh, don't worry, CCL, because God will still do something good with it. Right, it sounds like, apathetic. We're not, yeah. And it's like, man, I'm, I'm not saying that. But what I want you to know is, like, as low or as hard or as painful as this moment is right now, like, just believe the best is yet to come. The best is always yet to come. I don't care if my career's done. It's going to come in another area. I'm going to go after the business world or this world or the coaching world the way that I went after the, you know, uh, the wrestling world for for world championships and like whatever, whatever it is. And it's not to keep chasing new goals, but it's that like, this is the person that you are. And, um, 
And you are always going to be given, uh, I believe, like the drive and a fire and a passion. And sometimes we believe like, no, if I don't get in this area, it will never come. Or because it didn't happen here, I'll just never be happy again. And it's like, man, that is not like God does not ever want you to feel bitter, shame, guilt, condemnation, pain. He doesn't he doesn't want those those things for us. And uh, we shouldn't you know, want them for ourselves either. And I think sometimes we have to st- take a step back and it's like, all right, God, well, I don't like this situation, but what can you show me about yourself in this situation that you couldn't show me at any other point before? And, uh, and I know that out of, if anything, like this is going to draw me closer to you and, uh, and I'm, I'm open to it. Like, what do you want to show me? And yeah. So, cause I, I remember after 2012, I was sitting and I was crying to um, a coach and his wife and I was like, why would God give me anxiety? Like, have any athletes ever won with anxiety? I don't read about it in the media. What if mine's the worst? What if I'm just always going to, like, get to the finals and then choke and not make a team because I have anxiety? And um, this coach's wife goes, you know, I tried out for an Olympic team and, you know, years ago, and I didn't make it, but now I have a family, and I'm super happy and blessed. And I remember being like, well, guess what? I'm not going to be happy and blessed having a family, like, as my consolation prize. Like, right. I, you know, and, and, and I was – and I, I understand what she means now is that this is not the biggest deal, but it's hard to tell someone that when it is the biggest, <laughs> the biggest right. deal for them. Because it, it, and, co- uh, it comes off as apathetic, yeah. even though it's not, yeah. it, it comes from a place I believe of wisdom, but it, it's like, it's one thing to know absolute truth. And for me to say, Helen, regardless of what happens in 2020, God works all things to good. And he's going to use this trials experience, win or loss for your good and his good. It's one thing to say yeah. that. It's another to be to deal with just because God uses something to good doesn't mean there's not heartache. And that heartache yeah. is real. Like that place of depression, that place of anxiety or loneliness or sadness, whatever can come, is real. Just because good's going to come out of something does not mean that there's no heartache and trial to continue yeah. to endure. Yeah. And like here's the reality of it. Like, I could have made the 2012 team. I could have just found like some more ounce of confidence or belief in myself or wrestled a little bit smarter. Like we don't, I don't think it's like God wanted me to lose. I think we have our own free will and I lost <laughs> and the other person was better than me on that day. But I, I believe that I could have made the team. And for all I know, it could have been like, Hey, you could have made, you know, you could, have, you could be going for your third Olympic team right now or your second gold or medal or third gold medal or, whatever, all these things, the reality is whatever, whatever the outcome was, whether you did or didn't like good is always ahead. Like, you know, his, his, um, surely his goodness and mercy will pursue you all the days of your life. So you have to know that mercy and goodness are pursuing you all the days of your life. So if it's, if you're not in a good season right now, like just don't give up, keep fighting. And I'll tell you, yeah. And, and to, to add on to that, one of the things I've learned that my pastor has said boldly, and I've seen it be true, is that good things hold us back from great things. Sometimes good things, there can we can something good can happen, but if that good doesn't happen, great things can happen in place. There are times that God doesn't want us to settle for what's good because he has something that's great. And you losing in 2012 might have meant that you were going to win in 15, 16, and 17. Forget your loss in 12. I'm going to let you win in 16 and the year before and after. But we don't see those things. We yeah. have to keep the faith so that we, we yeah. know, like, God, okay, I don't understand this. I'm going to continue to trust in you. Please just help me get through this. 
Yeah. And even to say like, cause again, I, I've been, a, I was an atheist for, for many, many years. So I, I like, I just remember thinking like when you talk to Christians, you're like, y'all just sound so right. Like, it just sounds <laughs> stupid sometimes, but, but here's the thing, like when you ask for a blessing, like we have this, this earthly understanding of what a blessing is, but, um, is something a blessing if it makes you stronger? Like for me in my life, what I would say is yes. And for me, I think if I made the 2012 team and I lost, I would have been like, wow, I'm a really good wrestler. And next time around, I'm going to go and win the Olympics. And maybe I could have, but I really, I think I needed to get broken down in 2012 the way that I did because it was so painful that it radically like, like I can't go through that again. And which is silly because it's just losing a tournament. So it's not a real life problem. But in, in the sense for performing in my sport, it was like, I don't think I would have pushed as hard those four years. I would not have given up everything. I would not have I just like, and the pain drove me, you know, for some people it's the desire to win. Uh, for me, the desire to win was there, but it was never enough for me to conquer my mind. However, the pain of losing uh, that, and and the the pain of regret like that was enough for me to say no I have to conquer my mind so I look at it as a huge blessing I think it was it was one of the pivotal things I needed to win in 2016 yeah it's I I hate cliches but go ahead sorry and and one last thing actually I I do even think it was a blessing in the sense that I don't think I would have been ready to handle some stuff in 2012 I don't think I would have been I know I wouldn't have been ready to handle media I think um, I, I think maybe some of my beliefs or values, things might have just gone uh, gone tested and, and stuff like that. And and some of the the things that I could handle in 2016, um, because of those experiences and because of losing and and um, because of kind of just getting the, the those four years kind of being in I call it like the cave, like just being out of the spotlight and having that time to marinate in some truths and to grow and develop. Without uh, a doubt. I was ready in 2016 for for what came. So again, the blessing, like maybe you are ready to win and maybe you're not ready to handle winning. Like you think, I mean, I've, I've told people, I'm like, watch, watch what happens. You see someone win and you see the next year, how much pressure it is, how hard it is to, to deal with. And I've reached out to athletes. I've been like, Hey man, this is what I recommend you do. This is, you know, like, I'm just letting you know, it's, it's really cool with the fire now, but don't burn this out before the trial or before this. Yeah. And, and it's like, yeah, yeah. You know, you can't tell me nothing. I'm like, maybe I can't, maybe I'm wrong. So I don't know, but I just, I'm just going to give you what I, what I found from my experience. And then, you know, you see like, uh, and for everyone it's different, but, but there are, you know, there's a lot to, to winning and to pressure and to, to those new stepping stones. Um, so I think God in his mercy and goodness, like he just knows how to prepare us. And when you look at the way he's prepared characters in the Bible, there's always a desert season. Um, you know, most had 40, 40 years in the desert before he, he right, and we don't and, know um, what preparation is. God knows how, how what, what yeah. is best for us. Like God knows what we need to prepare. We don't. And it takes a level of humility to yeah. sacrifice yourself to say, okay, God, what's my preparation look like? Show me. Reveal yeah. to me what you want me to do. Yeah. And that's, yeah, and I think that's where um, I've really found a team, uh, what's it called, uh, peace from obedience because I'm like, I walked in that from 2012 to 2016 um, as best I could. And now that all of a sudden you're this champion, it's like, well, you're expected to know everything. Why did you win? I'm like, I don't know. I did something <laughs> right. And like, I, I can't, can't tell you what one specific thing. I don't know if I had lost that match in, in the quarters, the way I was losing with one minute left, 
you would have said all these things I did were wrong now because I want you saying all these things I did are right. So again, we still don't know. It's still about, for me, it's still about seeking God and, and seeking how to be obedient because he might tell someone else, like, Hey, you need to get on the mat three times a day and do extra workouts. And he might be telling me like, you might need to get on the mat three times a week. It just has to look different for you. And it's, it's, again, it's about me obeying. So that's, my highest goal is just to obey because I believe that what he has in store for me is better than what I could imagine for myself. So before I let you go, cause I know you got to go here soon. What is that your mindset as, as we go into 2020? And I know that's a bit of a reiteration of what we were talking about, but, but I want to close with that because people who are listening and, and following you, like th- they're excited for, for what's next. Um, what is your mindset now? Uh, and, and you can be sure, like, what is what is your mindset as you prepare for 2020 from a standpoint of what's next? You know, I know you don't know when you're stepping back on the map. I, I don't know if you know, you know, if you're going to go 53 or 57. Um, is it just, are you at a point where it's just every day I'm going to trust in God and see what happens? Yeah, I, for me, it's, um, it's about trust and it's about obedience, so... I've gotten injured every time I've tried to do it my own way or every time I've tried to get ahead of myself. Um, so I'm just, just trusting and obedience and, uh, and I will walk in the belief that, that in the promise that he gave me. So, and I know that, that I'm going to have peace about it no matter what, when I give it my all. So it really is, it's for, for trust and, and for my growth. And, you know, it's funny cause I asked God, I wanted to know, I wanted to know who Helen was more than the wrestler. And these last two years being away from wrestling, I've gotten to to uh, develop and get to know that person. And so it's uh, so I'm like, okay, right, it forces you to, right? To <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, can I go back to being the wrestler? It's like, you can't ever go back the same way you were before. You can't step in the same river twice. I knew this quad was going to have to look different. And I've just been trying to fight it. And uh, I, I just want to live from just surrendered obedience. So. And you don't know yet, right, if you want to continue to wrestle after 2020. I mean, you're in a complete place of just day-by-day trust. Like You're in a place, really, of just walking and saying, okay, God, yeah. what's next? Because I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm walking, but I'm trusting the plans that he has for me. I'm excited, but I am just, you know what, just, it says if, if you don't know what to do next, do the last thing that he told you to do, and that's where I'm at. I'm like... I love that. It's the truth. It's as simple as it gets. Like, you don't have to figure it on your own. Just look up. Like, there was a video. I run the social for the church I go to, Calvary Chapel West Side, and there, there, there was a, a snippet of something my pastor said one week that was one of my favorite things he said in years, and I, I made it like the pinned tweet, the pinned video on Facebook, and it's basically like him saying. What do you mean? People say like God won't give you more than you can handle. What do you mean God won't give you more than handle? And he thinks like, and this is what he says like, I think God gives you more than you can handle. So you look up. If we don't have more than we can handle, what's going to force us to look at God and say, what's next? Yeah. So that verse is actually God will not tempt you beyond what you can handle. He'll give you a way out of temptation. That's for temptation. But as far as giving you what you can handle, he actually does because then it's his super and your natural to create the supernatural, you know, his, right. his supernatural. You will 
for a God idea, you will always need God for that. <laughs> right. You're going to need God. It's God's not going to give you just what you can do on your own. God wants to give you what yeah. you have to look back and say, okay, God, you've given me this. I want to give it back to you. That happened when I met my fiance. We, we went on a oh. date last January and we didn't start dating till the summer and come March and April when my buddy, like my buddy who's a pastor actually is like, what are you thinking of this girl? Like what's happening? Like, Listen, my belief is that he gave me to her or she, he he gave her to me and he now wants to take her back and work in her heart before he gives her back to me. And I believed that. And I had a piece Whoa. about that, that God's going to, God like, because I remember that we went on a few dates and, and everything was great. And then all of a sudden she's like, yeah, I'm all set. And I'm like, wow, okay. But I had a piece about it. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to keep praying about it and let's see what happens. And I knew like, I felt like God gave her to me and then said, now time out. I'm going to take her back on my own and I'm going to work on her heart and then I'm going to give her back to you. And I have great things in store. And, and oh my God. now we're engaged and we're getting married in three and a half weeks. But had Amazing. I... Congratulations. I, thank you. So like, had I not trust that process of God saying, time out. I gave you this. Now I want you to give it back to me. Like, no, God will give you more than you can handle so that you involve him in the process. I love that. I love that, too, because especially with people, it's like, again, you, you just constantly have to hear from the Lord. And it's again, it's because he wants what's best for us. So it's like, oh, God, you gave me this person. Cool, I'm going to like take it and run with it. And then it's like, wait a second. Like, then here's this next step. And then here's this next step. And now you have to surrender it. And I'm going to do something. And when I give it back, it's going to be better, and you guys will be ready, and it's going to be perfect. So, And it takes the uh, ultimate think, trust to do that, like the ultimate trust yeah, in God to say, yeah. okay, God, you finally, I'm, when we met, I was 30, I don't know, 31 years old maybe when we met, and then I turned 32, and 30, yeah, so I was 30 when we met, like, I'm 31 years old, like, I, I knew I wanted to be married, I, I wanted to grow my company and then get married, and I'm like, okay, God, I, I, I want this. You've given me such a heart for a wife, for, for children, for a family, and I'm ready for it. Can you give it to me now? And then he finally gives <laughs> me this girl who's on the worship team. She can sing. She, she loves the Lord. She's great. But it's like, okay, I'm giving this to you, and now I'm taking it back. And it was a give back and forth from January until about June, and then we really officially started dating middle of August. So it wasn't even just once. Yeah. It was a constant, here she is, now give her back to me. It was like playing catch with God. Here she is, give her back to me. Here she is, give her back with me. And you have to do that. And it sounds like that's what you're saying With from a wrestling standpoint. I don't know about the weight. I don't know about the trials. I don't know about the open. I don't know about this. All I know is God gave me this talent. Now I'm giving it back to him. God gave me this desire. I'm giving it back to him. It's a, it's a relationship. Yeah. It, it's an ongoing thing. Man, you said that better than I said it myself. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm summing up what, what yeah. you said in long form. I'm trying to just reiterate in short term. <laughs> yeah. God did give me a dog, though. I got a dog out of the process. <laughs> Ooh, what kind of dog? <laughs> he used to have an Yorkie mix. Oh, how cute. My little Pomapoo is yeah. a terrier, but uh, not not a terrier, oh. like terrier type of dog, like a terror, like terror. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, this guy's the sweetest. 
So. Dogs are the best. Well, listen, I, I know you got to run here, so I'm going to let you go. Everybody who's listening right now, go and follow Helen, no matter what is next in this girl's journey. <laughs> Trust me, you want to be a part of it, and you want to watch it. Awesome. Thank you so much. Have a great wedding in three weeks. Thank you so much. And, we'll uh, talk thank soon. Thank you so much. This is such a great, yeah, it's a great time chatting. And that's today's show. Be sure to follow Helen and stay up to date with her journey. As you can tell from this episode, it is definitely worthy of following. I'll link up her profiles in the description. And again, guys, be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Anchor, any and all audio platforms. I have so many great guests and conversations headed your way. You will not want to miss out. Thank you for listening to episode 10 of the Bash Mania podcast. I am your host, Justin Bash, and I will see you next Monday with another episode. And the beat goes on.